Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. Welcome inside Tigers Uncaged, a podcast for the Medicine Hat Tigers. We appreciate you clicking on this, downloading this, listening to this. My name is Jesse the in-game host for the Medicine Hat Tigers, and as always, the color man, Lance Dahl, joining us on the podcast. I can't color, dude. Yeah, but, That's you, a lie. but they call you the color oh, yeah, commentator. Do. Yeah. Why do they call it the color commentator? You and Gino, you talk about colors up there? Uh, we, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All different types of colors. It's got a wild description to call you. True. Like when you say, hey, do you do play-by-play? You go, no, I color. Yeah. Yeah, now there's uh, the Americans call them game analysts. Oh. Which is very cool. At what point do you think you're going to get moved to the, the center area between the... The suicide box in between the benches? Yeah. Not, be not the penalty boxes, but on the opposite yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, James Tubbs, who's a reporter for the news, always takes pictures. Yeah, that'd be dull. You should be in there. I should be. Because I think we got the technology that you could do it from there. Nah, you would think we have the technology. (laughs) Don't know that we do. Well, uh, anyway, we got a lot of stuff to get into. Gino's going to join us here momentarily uh, talking about the week that was for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Yep. Uh, I mean, some will call it a disappointment. I mean, there should have been some more W's in the columns than there were. But at this point, I'll take any points we can get. I think the two points that we got could have been doubled. Yeah. It's a little bit of a heartbreaker, but I got to say, every game that we have seen so far, well, I have seen, yep. Tigers have been in it, man. Yeah, they've all they've all been good games. It's just a matter of a shot here, a shot there, and in the case against Vancouver, it was just not being able to close it out. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of saw that a little bit too against Victoria, where they just couldn't find a way to lock things down with final five, ten minutes to go, whatever it might have been, but. Uh, it's a learning experience. It's it's, a, it's still a group that's trying to find their way to win. So It's different to see because in years past, even last year when we struggled, the last five minutes the Tigers seemed to own, right? Like how many times have we said, oh, five more minutes because they're really good at putting the pressure on yeah. in those last dying minutes of the game. It's a different. And the last two we've seen other teams kind of come back from it. Because they've had to try and lock down leads, right? They're not yeah, chasing the game. That's, that's the true. difference. Yeah. The Tigers have had these leads late in games instead of trying to chase the game. And you have to find a balance. You want to be aggressive and you want to pressure, but you don't want to overcommit and then kind of blow your defensive responsibilities. And the Tigers did make some adjustments. Uh, I did see a few from between Victoria to Vancouver. But the the core of it, the last couple minutes, just it, it was a little too... A little too cautious, yeah. Like a little too much room for Vancouver to work, and they get beat on a late goal by Zach Ostopchuk, and then you go into overtime, and that's just a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get, right? And they just come out on the losing end. So you're happy to get points, but yeah. but yeah, like W's would have been nice. In any case, uh, it, it's better to to at least have some points in the bank and continue to trend that way than just losing altogether. So. Yeah, it's very true. And now they're getting set for uh, some big games against some division rivals, so we'll talk about that. Uh, first one to make mention, shout out to uh, former Tiger, Tiger alumni, Mason Shaw. Yeah. Who, um, How about that, huh? Didn't really get to end his Tigers career the way that he wanted to. No. Because he was down with, I believe, if I remember correctly, wasn't it a knee injury? Uh, I want to say it was. 
I can't remember, Injury but he was, he was pretty well done for the entire season. Yeah, he was done for the season, and then there were talks that he might come back, but then I believe uh, Minnesota at the time, when he was ready to play, moved him to the AHL, so he wasn't coming to us, right. coming back to us anyway. So right. we didn't get the farewell that we deserve with Mason Shaw, and you've always wondered, he's always uh, put in his time in the AHL, gets called up to the NHL, his first game, yeah. scores a goal, beautiful pass, goes right to him, empty net, he scores. Yep. Uh, and he even said, and the the guy asked him, you know, what it feel to get that goal. He flat out said, "Well, if I missed that shot, <laughs> I never would have heard the end." He's probably getting demoted. Yeah, so he gets that second NHL game, scores another. Yep, Mason shot two goals for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, it's early in the career, obviously, long way to go, but uh, but he he's always projected as a guy that can play third line minutes in in the National Hockey League given the right team and the right circumstance uh, maybe exceeding expectations offensively obviously uh, early in his career probably settles in to be a 30 point guy in the league and that's all Minnesota really needs out of him yeah. so yeah it's a good good start yeah shout out to him we'll be following yeah. him along uh, Gino's going to join us just a little bit we'll talk all things Tiger it's coming up on Tigers and Cage come on check it out Tigers Uncaged. Uncaged. More roar. It's time to spin the wheel. You never know what game you'll play during Jesse and Lance's wild wheel of games. Weekday mornings at 710, they'll spin, they'll the, spin wheel the wheel and determine what you're playing. It could be face mask singer, bidding capitals, match game, wild card, or smarter than a fifth grader. Oh, this is where they play the games. No matter what game you play, you have a chance to win $20 at Cowtown Kids Toy and Candy in Maple Creek. This is going to be fun. That's the most fun I've had all week. Jesse and Lance's Wild Wheel of Games. Powered by Cowtown Kids Toy and Candy. On Wild 94.5, Medicine Hat's new country. We're back on the bus. The Wild 94.5 food drive is coming back in all its original glory. All its original glory. And we can't wait to get out there and see you. I look at you. You look good. Businesses become part of the food drive network and help us restock the shelves at the Root Cellar Food and Wellness Hub. As we head into their busiest season. Visit wild945.ca to sign up your business as a collection point during Food Drive 2022. We'll be aboard the Tracks Coach Lines Food Drive bus on November 16th and 17th, making our way around Medicine Hat area to pick up all the food and cash donations. I want to see what they up to. Wild 94.5 Food Drive. Woo! The Wild Disconnect might be one of my favorite games. And Medicine Hat Brewing Company might be one of my favorite prizes. There's just something so satisfying about hanging up on people. Not that we ever do that normally. You just click the button, poof, gone forever through the floor. <laughs> we love the Wild one. It's the Wild Disconnect with Wild 94.5 and Medicine Hat Brewing Company. Weekday mornings, Jesse and I get three callers on the line for a trivia showdown. Get it right, you move on, get it wrong. Bye. Disconnected. Be the last one on the line and you win $20 to Medicine Hat Brewing Company. That's a win, 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 win. The Wild Disconnect. I love it. Weekday mornings at 8 40. Wild 94.5 Medicine Hat New Country. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go. Here's your host. I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, the podcast for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, It's Jesse and Lance. As always, we are joined by the play-by-play man, Gino DePale. How you doing, buddy? It's a little snowy today. I'm a little little nervous because I haven't been Med Hat when it's uh, snowy yet and a lot of hills and ice, so... Enjoy that. And be it. safe out there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's weird because as we're recording this, it is snowing. It usually snows on a Tigers game day. 
Yeah, it's rare that we didn't get it yesterday. There is always a snowstorm during a game. I, I, you know, to be honest, there, there was flurries yesterday, was there not? So ish, that kind of yeah. counts. Yeah-ish. You're right. You're right. Uh, we got a few games that we got to kind of dissect. Let's start with the game against the Saskatoon Blades. I will have to say probably the game of the year so far. I thought that not only did the Tigers play well, Saskatoon played well. If it wasn't for the officiating, and I hate doing that because <laughs> I I don't want to make that excuse because I don't know if they were. You weren't the only game. one. I saw on Twitter a lot of people were. So There was just a couple calls, and, and Gino was even texting me during the game. Uh, uh, the the refing is just the the one call in particular. The Brendan Lee hook call yeah, that wasn't, but that it's wasn't. funny they could have called slashing and everybody would have understood. Yeah, but that it was a hooking call. Everybody's like, "Where's the hook?" Yeah. And then all this, but but it ended up. I don't know if it cost us, but it definitely. I mean, to go down two guys that close to the end of the game definitely had an impact on it. Well, with fourteen minutes and penalties that night, and I think I remember talking to Joe about it in the post gamer and. Says you, you can't take seven penalties and expect to win a hockey game. That was that first and foremost. That was that they were clean sheet five for five at that point when that happened. They scored on their last two power plays. So you're kind of playing with fire at that point. But I will still give the the Tigers penalty kill a lot of credit for the the penalties that they've taken, what they've been able to kill off. The stats won't say it on the the league reports, but even if we're going a little further ahead, last night they were very good on the penalty kill, and what we guys last night being were for podcast purposes against uh, against Vancouver were really good on the penalty kills. So it th- it's there. You just don't take 14 minutes in penalties. And I think they've done that in the last couple since that game against Saskatoon. Yeah, we kind of saw that when the Tigers were on the power play, either in the middle of it or right after, they would get a penalty themselves. Right. And it kind of loses the momentum of the power play. You can't really gain anything out of that. Right. But Friday night against Saskatoon, it kind of was the Evan May show. Evan May got the That's chance to start, and no one really knew what to expect. He turned a lot of heads. He played extremely well. I thought he was like, and I, I was in the same boat. You, you looked at his numbers, like, okay, what you actually getting here? And mm-hmm. I look at some of the saves he made, especially right off the get go against Saskatoon. It was like that first chance, like ten seconds in. He doesn't stop that. It might avalanche and be a long night for the Tigers. He makes a great save. Good rebound control into the corner, and we're off and running. And he, I thought he was terrific. You look at the one-timer late in that first period, right with about five seconds left in the first, kicks out the le- kicks out the left pad, no problem. And even down the stretch was really good for the Tigers in that game against Saskatoon. He was great at the, the next night, too. Yeah, uh, Tigers losing to Victoria again the next night. Um, I think, I don't want to say that they wasted it all on Saskatoon, but you could tell that they were a little beat up. I, th- I think they put in a hell of an effort in against Saskatoon, and it kind of carried over. Maybe they took Victoria a little bit too lightly, but it definitely, I'm glad we got the point, but it was a point that we should not have had to fight for, just like the Vancouver game. I believe that Tigers probably should have won both of those. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I think this Tiger team could have won the last three games. And I, this goes back to kind of those points that I think Lance and I have made all year. This team could have be very much like a, a nine and three record right now or mm-hmm. something like that, and just things haven't gone their way. I think if you look back on sort of if we continue to play this way for the next stretch of game, like until the end of the season, those losses are going to turn into wins. It was kind of what the the praises was from Joe Fraser, especially last night against Vancouver. That it, it, I don't he was he was upset I think last night, but. At the same time, I was thinking that if we play like that most of the time, 
we're going to be okay. Yeah, it feels better when you're getting a point out of it, right? But yeah. uh, when when you start leaving points on the table like you have uh, against Vic when you're up two with 10 to go, and, I mean, same can be said for Van when you're basically putting them to, to sleep in the third period and then you, you shell into a, a bit of a campfire defense. And you saw that a lot last season with this team when they were trying to hold a lead and all of a sudden it's a lot of puck watching in your own zone. You're not moving your feet and you get burnt. And so you have to learn from those areas. That's why I was surprised more so to see the Tigers lose in the way they did against the Giants, considering they just came off of a similar situation against Victoria where you, you let a game get away from you a little bit. Sure, you get a point, but it's not two. And you, you fall, fall into a, a similar trap uh, against Van. You just hope that the, the learning curve kicks in and it has to be a little bit quicker because you have big divisional games coming up this weekend. You have no choice. Uh, that's Lethbridge and Calgary this weekend. It's a, it's a four, there's four points up for grabs to take away. You win those. You can almost wipe the slate clean to this point of what's happened in the mm-hmm. season. And, that, and there's still a lot of pauses, I think. If you're a Tiger fan from afar, I know we're going to kind of jump in here to Vancouver yesterday. Gavin McKenna stretch pass, by the way, yeah. to Brendan Lee. My, my jaw passes. is still on the ground. My jaw is still under the, under, on the ground yeah. from that, too. So it, I'm just looking forward to, you know, Central Division matchups. Maybe the ante is up. You're not playing somebody from the BC Division and – you know, these are teams that are going to get under your skin. You're going to see Calgary seven more times. You're going to see Lethbridge wait, six more times, including that Saturday game at home against Lethbridge. So the thing, everything's going to ramp up a little bit, and this is probably we just finished the shifting out of the first gear of the season. Now we're going into second. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm excited for the division games, but a part of me was really excited to see the teams like Victoria and Vancouver yeah. because we haven't seen those teams since 2018-2019. I was a little disappointed that the crowd also wasn't there for those games, but you, those teams that you don't see very often, you don't know what to expect, and those are the games <laughs> that I kind of like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you still try to prep for it. I was like, I why am I doing all this prep? I'm not going to see them again until yeah. <laughs> next year. Yeah, right? So. You get them once and that's it, but... But it is a nice treat because it gives you a, a bit of a, a contrast to, to play styles. And though it's different in, in the way that, you know, that conference plays, a lot of things are very similar. Like each team is is fairly unique. You have a little bit more uh, skill and speed from Vic, who's obviously on a come up. They're kind of in the in middle of a rebuild themselves. And you have the, the Giants who are fresh off of a season where uh, they had a massive upset in the playoffs just a year ago. Uh, and, and have players that are, you know, highly touted uh, in NHL Central Scouting, and, and they're on a come-up as well, but they're maybe a couple years ahead of Vic. So you get these contrasting areas, and then you, as the Tigers, kind of want to see where you fall within those groups too. And I did ask the question to Michael Dick yesterday. I just said, just because Kamloops is hosting the Memorial Cup, you're under the radar the whole season because everybody's eyes are on Kamloops. Yeah. What's Kamloops going to do? What's Sean Clouston going to do, the former Tiger coach? And I think that's benefited. Look at the, the wins by Victoria and Vancouver here against Madison Hat. How big are they for their standings? Holy mm-hmm. cow, those are huge wins. Yeah. That was kind of like the Tigers in the U.S. division when they beat Everett and beat Tri-City and got a point against Everett. It's the exact same scenario. Yeah, it's, it's really important that you – are picking up those kind of one-off games. Uh, but, of course, the, the divisional ones are just so important because 
Uh, it looks like the, if you're not the Red Deer Rebels, it's pretty well open season on exactly on where you want to finish in the Central Division. So, uh, like, like where it's hard to say without seeing a whole lot of Central Division teams. Just seeing you know Red Deer and Lethbridge, but it it feels like the Tigers stack up to be a team that can get into the playoffs depending on how things go. I mean, uh, Lethbridge has has been noted has been in the playoffs for like decades long streak and. Uh, the Calgary Hitmen may be ahead of schedule, and they showed that last year continuing into this season. But uh, the Tigers are right there. Like, There's no reason why uh, they can't put a bit of a run together and starts uh, Friday. Absolutely. I, Calgary's got maybe one of the best 20-year-olds in Riley Fiddler, Schultz. Yep. Uh, he had that five-goal game uh, against the Prince Albert Raiders. Good goaltending, as we mentioned. So the Tigers are being tough. Uh, you know what? The, but this is the tough that you want to see, and I think they rise to the occasion. Like I, Maybe they thought that they – we're going to have an easy time with, with Vancouver and Victoria, and, and that didn't really happen. And now, okay, we're facing teams that are are ahead of us, so now maybe this is a benefactor that we have to up our game against these clubs coming up. Let me ask you this, because uh, we've had a couple games where we've had more than five goals, which is awesome to see. I love when the offense is clicking for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the last three home games, they're having trouble hitting the back of the net. They're not hitting it as much as they, they should have. Are you guys noticing – any difference offensively in this team? Are they not? Do they need to shoot more? Are they passing too much? Are they playing with it in, in, in the opposite zone? Like, what, are you seeing anything? Well, to be honest, I, I love that you bring up the point of passing too much because it kind of goes back to what happened last night in Vancouver, where when Gavin McKenna was in the lineup, there was one extra pass being made, where maybe it, you, you would take that shot first and then go from there. I, I, I think it's just maybe the mentality of players on the ice. Okay, we, we can make that extra pass. Now we have that experience that we can make that sort of so what, somewhat pretty goal and you know it's executed perfectly because of structure and making that extra pass and, get, and catching player teams off guard. But they're not quite there yet. So I kind of look at the extra pass as being there, and they got to get greasier. I think that's the big thing there is the finesse goals. No problem. Well, I mean, no, not a problem whatsoever. I bring yeah. it up because Bogdan's goal against Vancouver was just a shot on net, right? There was a shot from the other side. Red Rebound Parsons. goes out to him, yep. and and then Bogdan just takes it, and uh, he's on a weird angle, shoots it, and went top corner. Bar I down. I, I don't think he expected it to go in, but just shoot. To be honest, I didn't think it was going to go in either. Yeah. <laughs> it was a heck of a shot. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have we had that happen this year where we think, there's the puck's not going to go in, and all of a sudden the red lights on. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. there goes the anticlimactic goal call. Of mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's there, there's something to be said. Like, yes, you need to shoot uh, to score goals. That's obvious, right? And I mean, hot ass is a good example from from last night against Vancouver. But to Gino's point, you need to be able to muck it up. You, you have to score ugly goals because you're going to get the majority of them within five feet of the crease. That's just how this game is played, and you haven't had a ton of that as of late. Uh, for the Tigers, I mean, you you think back to when they were scoring six or nine in the season opener. How many of those were within the five foot area of the crease? There was a bunch. You had McKenna setting things up, and there were tap ins in and around the net, right? Um, so so you need to be able to score within that area, but it's how you get there is the tricky part. You saw it against Red Deer a little while ago. When teams are really good at locking down the middle of the ice in their own zone, it creates problems. So you have to get creative in how you generate offense. And the Tigers at points found it against Vancouver. And in our postgame show yesterday, Joe Frazier alluded to this, that 
the Giants did a great job in the first 20 minutes of locking things down in their oh, own zone. That was excellent defense. They like, played incredible. But the eventually shots like 11-4 in the first yeah, period for Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. That's the lowest amount of shots the Tigers have taken in a first period this year was that one against Vancouver. So, And it was weird, though, because it didn't feel like they no. were getting outplayed. And it's it's one of those things where if you continue to cycle the puck and you're moving it crisply, you're, you're trying to go cross-ice, that's how you open pathways to, to get to the net. But you you also need to just be a little bit more creative and not go to the well one too many times. That that's that's a big thing. And whether it's passing off seventeen times or it's on power plays, I always mention that Brendan Lee needs to find a way to get himself open a bit more because as the season rolls along you see penalty killing units are keying on him, as they should, with six power play goals, but they're they're keying on when he's on the ice, we're taking away the one timer. And as soon as you saw the uh, as soon as you saw the, the Tigers start working the puck into the opposite corner from Brendan Lee, then his one-timer opens up. Yes. And that's how you have to work. Exactly. It just open like, your hit option two and hit option yes. three. Do that a couple of times. And I and I go with my one of my favorite ter- terms in hockey now, throw a couple grenades on goal. Just throw a yeah. grenade and see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. I will say, going up to uh, Brendan Lee, I thought he played phenomenal with Gavin McKenna. I think I thought, a lot of guys play well again. <laughs> that is also true. It was almost like the first couple of shifts I was watching down below that Lee kind of took him under his wing. And mm-hmm. Lee was kind of helping him out and putting him in positions and all that. And then by the second, third, they just kind of gelled together. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. And that's when I think me and Lance mentioned that you're making that little extra pass. I think everybody wanted to see Gavin McKenna score and maybe it was more... I don't mind if he gets another four primary assists. No. <laughs> to be honest. And he's just one of those guys that you don't need to set up. Like, I appreciate it, and I said it's going to be an unpopular opinion. I appreciate the Tigers and his line mates going out of their way to try and get him the puck in a grade A scoring chance. He's going to create his own. Like, oh, yeah. he, he's the type of player he's not going to have a tough time generating his own offense. So you, you don't got to feed him the puck. He's, he's going to be able to kind of manufacture that on his own over time, and you maybe lost a couple scoring opportunities out of that when you have a great shot of Lee and he's handing it off, mm-hmm. or uh, it's just guys that are passing up on grade-A looks. Yeah. I mean, Gavin McKenna was a kid that, he, again, and I, we mentioned this over and over <laughs> again, I know he's 14, looks like a kid that has played this league for, this would be his 20th season, like his 20-year-old <laughs> season. He looked pretty good in overtime. I thought he had a couple good looks. He could cut, like, age and size. Like, I, I know Zach Ostopchuk was up against him there on the one point and lost that battle a couple mm-hmm. times, but he, he hung in there. And I think, I think like, obviously the sky is still the limit for him, but he was good in overtime. That, that stretch pass. Like, if you have – if this is why I mentioned – and on social media, and I'm not a and I'm not an influencer or whatever the hell you want to call it uh, – Hockey aficionados need to see what's happening here. Like, if you're a hockey aficionado, you've got your brandy and you're just, mm, beautiful stretch pass. Mm, very guy. nice. Very nice. <laughs> you notice stuff like yeah. that. And we were we were talking about this because Owen McNeil went for the Michigan. We weren't totally excited about it. No. But that stretch pass, we couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. There's just, stuff like that. Yeah, little things like that. and that. But that's the type of play that opens things up all of mm-hmm. a sudden. It gets you the middle of the ice. And it... it generates different looks for the club. And now, obviously, not everyone can do that. So you play to your strengths. And if you're a guy like Dallin Molina, you need to create that chaos below the goal line. If you're a Rhett Parsons, it's throwing those grenades on net. And he's seen a lot more offensive success this season. If you're Josh Van Mulligan, it's locking things down in your own end. Like, you have to have a- an idea 
of what it is that's expected out of you and what you need to take care of. And for Gavin coming in, it was to generate and create offense in the moments that he had. He didn't play a ton in the third. Uh, he didn't expect that he was going to play a ton in the third, and he wanted the group that is going to spend the most of this time together this year to try and lock it down. And uh, though they were unable to do so, it just kind of creates th- this next learning opportunity for this group to say, okay, how do we close out games? How do we lock things down with four or five minutes left and, and not become complacent? Now, uh, some of the Tiger fans were asking me at the game, since Gavin did play, it was an emergency call-up. Of course, uh, Kane Lindstrom being added to the U-17 team would, should have happened anyways. Should have happened, been a, it should have happened three weeks ago. Yeah, it right. shouldn't have been a last-minute addition due to something. should have just been on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this affect Gavin's five games at all? No, it does not. That is a, for sure it does not because it's an emergency basis. It's not go. It does not go against his five affiliate games. So potentially the Tigers are going to get more games out of Gavin. Say, why can't we just have an emergency for the whole season and have uh, a play from? Well, the, kind of looking that way. I mean, at the <laughs> at the rate we're going, right? because the Tigers last night, uh, their scratches were both not here, so they didn't really have scratches. Yeah. And uh, well, the tournament's going on for a bit. It just starts tomorrow. The U seventeens. Yeah, and they're not back till the what the. After the week and a half or so, probably right after the week, the Moose Jaw and um, the Moose Jaw games, probably on yeah, home days when they be back. Yeah. So you're gonna. Well, I'm just saying, it, since it's already a little thin, I mean, we're we're like one injury away from McKenna could be an emergency call up again. Well, I and I think on top of that, with playing in Calgary, Hayden Harsani is playing at the Edge School. Maybe we see him this weekend. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know. I haven't asked. Right. Don't know. Have any no, no, insider no. trading playing, on that? But just it's just quarterback. thinking. Hmm. Yeah. Could Hayden Harsani come in if they don't want to push Gavin McKenna a little bit and maybe give him a chance to just watch a game? I mean, that is the thing. Now that he's up and they are calling it an emergency recall or call up, um, how much is too much? Is there too much for Gavin? Like. You've made the point before, Lance, that if you call this kid up and let's say he did get that status and he's playing the whole year, mm-hmm. you're going to get those goons that are going to try and take him out. Is that still going to happen? Well, I saw Vancouver get a little rough with him. Not Vancouver crazy. was good at that. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's nothing new to a kid like that. Like, no, but I mean, he's do, had you, that his whole life. do you sit there and do you only put him in certain games still, even though you do have him as a call-up, or yeah. do you milk the cow and use this kid as much as you possibly it de- can? It depends how the emergency, and I, I can't confess to know, but it, it, depends, neither how, do I. Okay. it depends how the emergency situation works. He might only be eligible to be up for X amount of time yeah. and then have to be sent back. So um, regardless, I wouldn't expect he's going to be going to Calgary. Maybe he would play against Lethbridge Saturday because right. – like I said, they have literally no one else on the roster. I think that's on that their active roster. That so. does make a lot of sense too, because his his team that he plays for is Saha, which is based out of Medicine Hat. So he is that emergency, and so he would stay. That's in why I kind of think it, it, it came up to me just now. Potentially Hayden Harsetti coming yep. to the Tigers lineup on Friday against Calgary, and they did not that, confirming. No, <laughs> but they did that in Edmonton last year with uh, Hunter St. Martin up yes. in Edmonton and around yep. there when he's playing at uh, Northern Alberta. So. The, the, you're going to see that a bunch. Um, yeah, we saw a cylinder whenever they played near Regina too, right? When that's they right. Played those Saskatchewan games. That's right. They called cylinder up. And so, uh, even if you like, when when McKenna has played in these past two games, it's been in very specific situations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you want to protect them as much as possible, give them the best chance to succeed. There was one shift that I can remember, and it was the only one where his line got hemmed in their defensive zone for the entire shift. But outside of that, they were able to generate. Yep. And they were able to to create offense, and that's uh, that's a tip of the cap to to Willie Desjardins and Co for putting 
uh, McKenna in those situations to, to generate and create. But I would, uh, I would think that they're going to have someone from the Calgary area be in there for the game in Calgary, and then maybe you see him again Saturday unless they at some point bring up uh, a player and put him on the roster. Yeah. But I mean, most of their affiliates are at Saha, so yeah. <laughs> you're kind yeah. of – yeah, which is a nice thing, but then also Saha the has games yeah, like yeah. they they play too. I, so. I have to look, and I haven't looked too far because there's 800 other things I have to do. Yes, yep. day, it is so. a messy situation to uh, say the least. Here's the other thing I wanted to bring up with uh, you know Evan May turning some heads last weekend. Uh, unfortunately, Beckett wasn't feeling well; he was under the weather, so Evan got a chance to play. Uh, not goalie controversy, but because of the play of May, does that kind of open it up a little bit? Where if you're Willie. You're not relying on Beckett as much. Beckett was the Iron Man at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Now you have your your guy who makes it a nice one-two punch. I believe both goaltenders have played very well. Do you now have that flexibility? Well, I think so, and that was mentioned with Willie in the pregame interview I had yesterday with him. That he, they're very confident putting Evan May in almost in any situation. I'm curious this weekend. Do you go? Blanco against Calgary because he's your number one. You haven't played them yet. But against Lethbridge, maybe just throw a wrench into Lethbridge's plans and put Evan May in. You do have a game against Prince Albert next week in the middle of the week. Maybe that's when Evan May comes in. So he'd have a star, he'd have his third start in two weeks. And you kind of, I don't want to say you level things out a little bit here, but I think you've just kind of, we can play in front of this guy. You know, you know there's no issues with him whatsoever. Maybe one or two goals, maybe shouldn't shouldn't should have had back, but even that if that if that's your, if that's the only Look thing you're, he you're, you're bickering, yeah. like he mm-hmm. saved at least three goals, yeah, three solid goal attempts against Saskatoon, yeah, he was awesome. I, I and I give him full credit because he, he definitely turned some heads because there was a was lot great. of chatter. I love talking to Tiger fans during the games because mm-hmm. if I don't get to watch it, I love listening to the feedback of the fans. So many people did exactly what we did. We looked at Evan May's numbers when they made the trade, and we said, huh? Doesn't look good. What what, 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 oh are, what are they seeing <laughs> there? And, I mean, halfway through that game Friday night, I don't know how many guys are like, how about this guy? Look at this kid. Well, and then and he's a star in both games that he plays over the weekend. Right. Well, and the cheer he got when he started the second game was awesome. Yeah. That's something you're just like, and how good does that feel for the kid? Mm-hmm. That that's happening as well. So uh, kudos to the Tiger fans that have come and supported Evan May like that. And that's not a knock on on Beckett either. No. I think that it now takes a lot of pressure off Beckett's shoulders that he's not going in there thinking, okay, I'm the number one. Clearly, I'm the only one playing right now. See, I think it goes the op- absolute opposite way. You think so? And you saw a better Beckett Lankow last night than you might have seen all season. If I'm being honest, you're not incorrect. Because so you think that there's that little uh, it creates that. That push that okay, um, my job isn't necessarily high and tight and secure, and right. that I'm going to get rolled out for ten straight because Slanko's positioning was by far the best that it's been all season in last night's game. There was a handful of stops that he didn't see, but he made them because he was putting himself in the right spot. And when you know you're getting pushed by your backup to you know kind of take away some of your starts, mm-hmm. that creates that healthy internal competition that goaltenders really do need. And you're seeing it across National Hockey League. You see it in the AHL. No matter what level you're playing, you need two goalies that can push each other because yeah. they understand that they need to be pushed, and they also will be there to support one another. It's so important. I mean, the last time we saw that would have been uh, Schneider and... Well, no, you would have had... Would have been Bjorklund and Sogard, yeah, Bjorklund maybe, and Sogard would have been pushing each other. 
Yeah, I remember Schneider was going back and forth with someone too. I can't remember if it was Bouillon or if it was maybe even Bjorklund. But that's, that's not a necessarily good set of pushing each other there. No, but you saw it definitely <laughs> affected <laughs> Schneider. Like Schneider wasn't the same after. No, he had a little bit of uh, uh, competition. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely didn't help him. He well, was good, and then someone else came in, and then we kind of saw him yeah. go off the edge a little bit. Well, I like that there was there was comments uh, from Beckett this morning, or well, I guess this morning I think from the Messnat News. I know, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about okay. that. Yeah, go ahead. And um, we love James. Just kind of looked like. He said, "I need to have that save in overtime yesterday." And I, you know, not many goaltenders will say that. Yeah, he. They just say, "Well, no, we just lost," and you'll, you, goaltenders sh- just skate away, and that's uh, the end of it. But he said that that I need to have yeah. that. So that alludes to Lance's point that he realizes that he needed that. And, and I, the, the blessing and the curse of getting the three stars after a game is a heartbreaker like that when you got to pull back it aside and be like. You're the third star, buddy. Mm-hmm. And he sat there and he just crouched down. And Evan May pulled him up, picked him up, and said, great game. You had it. Don't worry about it. Everything's good. BC, that's the difference. And goalies are so weird like this. Yeah. Like, they compete for time with one another, but they also want both of like each other to do so, Succeed, so well. yeah. Um, you want to get two points. Yeah. Plain and simple in this league. And, I, I mean, for the record, Beckett, you, you – there's not much you could have done to make that safe. No, I mean he, you left Brady or Jane Lipinski to break in from the hash marks. Open the five. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's that's one that I mean, sure you'd like to have it back, but it's also he could have gone in a million directions. I also look at Vancouver's <laughs> first goal. I don't think Beckett had really anything else he could have done. No, uh, the first one he's probably kicking himself about the rebound because the shot came out way heavier than he expected. Yeah. And it hit him just above the crest, and he kind of kicks out this rebound that is a, a couple feet further than I'm willing to bet he would have right. liked. And then you allow Leslie to kind of skate onto it. Um, but the goal that Leslie scored was nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so yeah. it's, it's also one of those things. It's like okay, if that's your biggest issue is that you let out a rebound right in front of you that. I mean, in theory, a Tigers defender could have easily cleared away. Things aren't so bad. Like that's a pretty damn good game. Yeah. Mazden Leslie was really good. Last he was. Night. I don't. I don't. Mazden Leslie. This isn't a Vancouver Giants podcast, though. But so. he's he was really good. Samuel Honsek was. Uh, that was a good team. He's worth the A rating. Yeah, they they are they are. They should be better than their record says. Truthfully, they had a really rough start. Yeah, I think that's going to change real quick. I think you take away from the last three home games. Uh, Medicine and Tigers. I think we're in every game. I think every game was yes. was really good. Every game was back and forth, which is great. Yeah. Like every we, single game this team has played, they've had a chance to win. Hundred <laughs> percent. It sounds it sounds so stupid, and it goes back to my original point. If I'm gonna, as you see, what I'm wearing today, it's a hundred percent Tiger gear. Mm. They could be. Sorry, I, I don't want to say, it, but they could be undefeated because they have won, had a chance to win every single one of their games. Not saying they were they would. No, I, I, I don't but think that's what you want. That. I think that they they haven't been blown out yet. No, they've blown teams out. And knock but, on wood, they haven't been shut out yet either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I mean, that was a problem last year, right? right? Yeah, and that has changed. So you're giving yourself a shot every night, and I think for this town, as I'm still new here, yep, yep. loves hard work, do your best, and put on a bit of a show mm-hmm. every game here at Co-op Place. That has happened. Yep. So. Why aren't you buying a ticket yet? Okay, well here it's we go. Here's true. the final thing I want to talk yes, about. Yes, and if you go. don't want to say certain if, things, I got to be careful. It. But I, I, I want to. We have been treated to three really good home games. 
three really good games. I just want uh, I was doing some research. Can I put this in there too? Yeah. The Tigers, uh, after two periods, have not trailed by more than one, I believe, this entire season. Yep, that's correct. They've been within one goal going into the third period at least. I'll say it. Down by one shot. Yeah. All of the the last few games, it's been coming down to the third period, and I've been invested. Yeah, right. It isn't like, so much fun. Against it's Spokane, 3-3 three, three with 10 minutes left. Uh, against Seattle, you're down one going to the third. Yeah. Winnipeg, they lost. They were down one going to the third. Like, like, I love right when we that, score in the last minute. As of that Vancouver game, don't like it when they that, score last not minute. Not so fun. Not so fun. That wasn't the case last year at all, no, right? Like, I haven't gone back in the archives too far, but if you're, like, looking for a competitive game, like, oh, it's not going to be a great game tonight, sorry. I mean, that has happened every single game. That's so all far. we're getting. But Our competitive game. Sorry, I just wanted to no, put no, that No, no, that's, that's no, that's a like great that. stat to have because it adds to it with all of these games being so close. Why is the attendance going down? And I, I, it's this weird thing where, like, no one wants to talk about it, but the attendance is far from what it even was last year when the team was losing really bad. But we had more support than we do right now. And I bring this up because I, I hear people say, well, the ticket prices are, are just, they're, they're not great. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But there was a thing on the WHL uh, the little Facebook group that I follow. I, I want to see what other teams are doing. Yeah. And someone brought up, you know, ticket prices that Regina jacked them up because this is Bedard's last yeah, year. Yeah, they did. That was a huge thing. Moose Jaw said that they jacked the prices up. There were teams in BC that said they jacked the prices up. Some teams have jacked it down. The Tigers have been consistent. When was the last time they changed the prices? Because that's something I don't get to ask. <laughs> God, I'd imagine it was. I would imagine when they changed the building, right? When they went to they would have had to up that, yeah. of course. Yeah, but you go and for ticket prices, I get it. You know what? With COVID, you're probably trying to make up some cost. Guess what? Every business is doing that. It's not just hockey. It's mm-hmm. life. It's it's the ma and pa shops downtown that are you know everything's kind of marked up just a hair, just to try and make up that difference. But inflation's up 7%. Like, I, I, I'm sick and tired of hearing that word. Yeah. Inflation to me is just my stomach, but that's about <laughs> it. So, uh, but facts. Just, I don't, like, I understand families. Don't get I, me wrong. I, 100%. Because it, it's hard to, to spend money on a ticket knowing that your kid is done halfway through the second. I yes. understand that. But there's a lot of people that are just not going to games anymore that used to go, and no one really has an explanation as to why. You can't say it's out of the way because you get on one road and you're there. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually e- quite convenient to get out there. It's easier to get out of this parking lot than it was in the last parking lot. I was going to say, like, I drive through downtown. I know nothing about Madison Hatsdale. That would be an absolute nightmare with all the arteries getting out of there. Like, yeah. It, it, and it was, in a snowstorm? Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I, I it boggles me because in a, a Tuesday night game. I get that one. But Gavin I, I, McKenna's back. Yep. And... You can't say that you didn't hear about it. Lance and I talked about it almost throughout our whole show anytime that we could. I mm-hmm. saw it on social media all over. I mean, Tigers had it on Twitter. Tigers had it on we, Facebook. We had, had it yep. on Instagram. We we promoted the heck that uh, McKenna was coming back because like, we got to get asses in the seats. I think you guys did a very good job at promoting that. Here, I just, I'm, I'm boggled. Like last night, I could hear a pin drop again. Mm-hmm. That and was I like just, that Saskatoon I, game. Yeah, and I just... I don't know why you're. This team's not as bad as they were. They've been in every game. What? What? What is it? And you might see it improve next year. You know what? I'm going to say this because and I'll put we get Gavin on a full time basis. I just think that you might get more people that buy season tickets. 
after this season, considering it's been a lot better, because yeah. so much of this league is is based off of your season ticket sales. Like yeah. you're, you're going to have a baseline, like any league, you're going to have this kind of base number, and then you're going to influx or go down just depending based off of uh, what's going on that night, what the weather's doing. You have those last minute buys, right? But but season ticket numbers just genuinely need to improve in order to have that baseline move up, and so. You look at what this team's doing. Like last year, would would you have been inclined to buy a season ticket for this year, seeing what you just had last season? Sure, you no, wouldn't be all no. that inclined for it. No. So next year, I mean, there's a lot more to like that's being put on the ice right now. So next mm-hmm. season, in theory, and this is again all in theory, but the the season ticket numbers should go up some. There should be more people that buy season tickets, looking at this team and thinking, you know what, it's better bang for my buck. Because if you're complaining about the the price of a ticket to go to a game. Well, if you get yourself season tickets and you split it with a family, you know, and you each take half of the games. Yeah. I mean, I, suddenly you're you're making this a pretty reasonable experience. Yeah. You know? I, I I mean, yeah, I had friends that did that. That they uh-huh. two families they went and bought tickets and they'd split it. They decided what games they wanted to go. The ones that maybe the wives didn't want to go, well then they went. And I mean, you can also sell them or give them away and and try and make a little money back. Maybe not make it full, but Something. And you know what? I, I I'll 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 put this out here. I, I can't I'm not the complaint department <laughs> and I can't make this things happen because I am a comms guy. I'm not business. I don't give me get me near money because it'll be gone. <laughs> if you have a suggestion, let us know. Yeah. At, like but at the same time, don't just rip us. Come with a solution. Like, do you have something? I'm not saying it's open season, come to the Tiger no. office, because I have work to do during the day, and so does everybody else. But, but I mean, I don't think there's anything no wrong No one's really with- – com- everybody – the fans aren't coming, but – and we ask why. No one says why. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem that I kind of have, and I'm not mad because I'm not going to bang on your door and beg you to come to a hockey game. I'm not going to do that. But if but- you don't know, you can't fix it. Yeah. If, if you it- sit there and go, well, I want more stuff to do during the game. Awesome. We can probably fix that. that. Yeah. Or we can plan that. I want ticket prices to go down. Okay, well, the powers that be can maybe look at that. Maybe they do something. Maybe they don't. But at least they know. Yeah, if silence is one thing, but being, you know, voicing your opinion a little bit. And, I mean, don't blow up the phone lines. Val no. loo- Val will yeah, lose right. Val- but, lo- <laughs> but in Val's a reasonable way, like, you need the feedback. It's like when I got a one-star review on my Uber rating, and I don't know why don't know I got why? one star. You got a one-star review. for One person did, did gave you, me one star. You Ubered, yeah. or that was you as a passenger? Was, was this in Vegas? No, <laughs> no uh, this was as a passenger. I don't know when it happened. It doesn't tell you, but I got a one-star, one of them. All wow, the rest, really, like like ninety percent, ninety five percent, have been five stars. I got a, like literally two fours, and then the rest uh, the rest were non-existent until there was one one star. And I don't know why, but I don't know what to and fix. And it's gonna bug you because you don't know. And I even don't know what to fix. The local business thing, they said you, the guys did a great job installing this, such and such. Four out of five stars. I'm like, well, we did a great job. What happened to the f- to the fifth yeah. star. Yeah, right. I look at it like this, and this is just this is. That's all I'm hat. asking. I'm not trying to call anybody no, no, out, but and that's what me- I'm thinking. But with medicine hat and us being a last minute and and not really supporting some things, I look at it like concerts, and people are like, "Well, why are why aren't the Taylor Swifts and the and the Eric Churches coming to town? Because no one wants to take that chance. You have to show them mm-hmm. that they can bring that. Why yeah. would they do more and still not be supported? You support them. You'll get more. I understand how unfair that sounds, but that's just the way Medicine Hat is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's very interesting just looking at it. So, like, you had 2,600 and change on the season opener. 
and they won 9-1. And you're thinking, whoa. You play a week later, and there's less people in the building uh, against the Winnipeg Ice, who are one of the best teams in the league, and mm-hmm. there's less people there. Don't understand that. Uh, so you, you drop that one. You see a drop-off for Red Deer the next home game, which makes sense. An undefeated team, by the way. Yeah. You lose to Red Deer, and then the next night, you go Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Red Deer on the Friday, you lose 4-2. Uh, you then have more people in the building for Brandon uh, the very next night. And you win. You're 2,200 in a 5-1 win, a decisive victory. Uh, so that's the last kind of glimpse you have of how things are going at home. And then the team uh, goes away for a week, comes back on Friday against the Saskatoon Blades. Very familiar. Shout yeah. out Scott Roblin. And uh, you have 400 less people in the building. 1,800 is the... These are weekend on the games. Uh, yeah, this is a Friday. Yeah, that was a Friday. Yeah, game. you go back to back. So Saturday's going really well. Saturday back up to twenty one hundred, uh, okay. and, and it's not really well. But in that's a Victoria. Like that's Victoria, better. I could see, I could understand that number to be yeah. honest for Victoria. It and really then uh, so you come off an overtime loss there, but a close game nonetheless. Uh, and you head into a Tuesday night against Van, and you have sixteen seventy in the building. Oh, you could hear a pin drop Tuesday night. That's so tough. does that mean like Lethbridge on a Saturday is going to be back to twenty six hundred? I, I, yeah, I hope so. It's highly unpredictable. The first time they had Lethbridge on a Saturday, granted season opener, but Lethbridge on a Saturday, 26-29. Let's do and going again. to that Vancouver and Victoria game, I saw a lot of away jerseys too. Well, we did, and I look at the comp tickets, or like that, because there is a rule with you know fan or with opposing teams when they come in, they can they get a certain amount of number. But that was really good. Ed, or the Winnipeg Ice had a few too, right? There was a bunch of yeah. those yep. Kootenai Ice jerseys. Yeah, yeah, about. some Kootenai <laughs> Ice jerseys in the crowd, as there should be typically. But it's I, I'm just hoping I haven't shot myself in the foot talking today, but I just hope fans, if, if there's a problem, you can get mad at me. I don't care. Well, no, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> worth working Are they out. listening to me? Is there so many people listening to the radio now? I doubt yeah, that. Right? I'm, yeah, well, I'm making a joke there. <laughs> I hope they are. <laughs> I really do. But I, just, I, I hope something changes because it's such a great atmosphere. This is such a fun team to watch. This is better than a team last year. And you know what? It, 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 let's say next year Gavin and, and the young guns uh, do well. You're going to have a lot of people jumping on a bandwagon. Which maybe it's just that's just that low right now, right? Yeah. I I hope it. I I get it. I've been in struggling markets before, like in junior A. And where are the crowds? Oh, it's harvest season, so no one's here yet. And, and but when it's snowing, ah, it was too snowy and too cold. Nobody came. Like I. Yeah. Right. You're running out of excuses. It's right? strange. Like last season, before the Christmas break or before the end of the season, we'll even call it uh, like the year that is. So before December 30th, there was one game in which the Tigers went under 2,000 in home attendance. Uh, they've done so already twice in their last three yeah. games this season, and it's November the second when yeah, we're recording I, this. Like I honestly thought around the 23 to 26 was kind of the average last year. Yeah, like, I would I, say I so. might be wrong in that, but no, that's uh, like I'm not going to go and crunch every single. No, number, no, 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 no. But in average. my mind, that's any time I looked, we were around yep. that. Okay, yep. see, and I wasn't around, so and I we wouldn't. are way below that. And I just did last year put a bad taste in people's mouth, maybe, but it's called <laughs> not tanking, but it's called a rebuilding. Every team goes through it, and we're finally going through a proper rebuild. We're no longer vanilla in the middle of the pack. Yeah. We are finally taking steps to be bad to build ourselves up where we can have an Edmonton Oil Kings-type season that they had last year. would you love that year. in this town? Yeah. Wouldn't that go a long way? I mean, it'd be fun for Aren't the year. are we sick of losing and in the suffering f- after? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
And then pain yeah. and suffering again where your team's 1-14. and 14. And I, could, I looked at Edmonton's record today. I was like, shiza. Sometimes you wonder if you want to go all in. They're not like having that. fun. At, at what point do you get sick of losing in the first round of the playoffs and you finally make a run? And I believe that Willie is now taking this team and he is making yeah. a run. It's just going to take time. You're not going to get good overnight. Yeah. If the biggest thing for fans, which I would understand, is cost for families, like you mentioned, really, really do look into, you know, talking to other families, you know, and, and talk about... Splitting the season ticket package with one another. You it, can't it, make all games. Try and make. Yeah, half listen, of you're not gonna you're not gonna make every game. Yeah. I understand that, and and I I don't think it's reasonable to make every game. So, find a, another family that you'd like to split with, and it'll save you money in the long run. Instead of buying tickets per game, if you go to like six games a year and you're buying the tickets on the game day, I mean you're probably better off at that point just splitting with with another family. Yes, really. I agree, and potentially you can write it off. Yeah, that would be go. nice too. Might That's, be able to take that sign for they just write it off. Write you don't even off. know what a write-off is. <laughs> 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 On that, we've been talking for over 40 minutes. Wow. Gino, as always, man, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for letting me on there. And you know what? This has been fun. I you know, attendance or not, I think coming to the rink every day is a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. I've been totally blessed in the booth with Lance Dahl. Like, holy cow, man. Like, you know how big of a basket case I am usually on game days. <laughs> Yesterday was a lot worse because <laughs> our printer went down and I couldn't print off my notes. Like, of course, you'd get everybody's game day stuff. You take care of everybody first. Yeah. Then I'm sitting there, I'm like finishing my prep at six o'clock. Lance comes. I'm like, why am I seeing Lance in here? I'm usually in the booth before he gets here or, <laughs> or kind of swirling around. I'm like, all right, I can't print anything because something's wrong with the printer. So I had like, my prep was bare minimal. I'm just looking yeah. down at the daily report and Lance is just, here you go, here you go, here you go, here oh, yeah, you he's go. He's on it. I, I think I think it's awesome, man. I I I, I, to, I I know it's early in the year, and I'm not trying to kiss anybody's ass here, but I'm blessed to have you in the booth. So Cheers, don't man. don't leave anytime soon. Please yeah, anywhere he's gonna die here. Wow, <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> High hopes. So the numerologist told us we're both gonna die. Going here, to so see the there. the Bachmans at the Esplanade. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming to town. Get our stuff. I want right to. I want to see the Bachmans at the Esplanade before I go. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're stuck too, Gino. Yeah, you're stuck. That's Tigers Uncaged. Have yourself a good one. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh, 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 oh.